Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and robot attacks every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And this episode, we are covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 9 Broken Promises. Original air date January 10th, 2017. And Al, I would like to say Happy New Year to you. Yay, Happy New Year. <laughs> Wait, this episode comes out in 2021? Well, no, but this oh. episode was the first one of 2017, so we made it to 2017. <laughs> ah, okay. So the the she- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode comes out a year after the previous one, yeah. not this podcast episode. I, we, we it could. This episode I don't know. I, I'm like, <laughs> it could, because I don't know when this episode drops. <laughs> but listener, you probably do. So you can let us know when this drops at MCU underscore rewind on Twitter. You can give us that five-star um, review on the podcast app, because we are an evergreen podcast, and you can listen to this at any time, whether it's New Year's or not. That's true. Um, but just to answer the question, because I pulled up the, the uh. sheet of you know our schedule, um, this episode is dropping December 14th of 2020. So, um, you know, two months or a month uh, ahead of time for us, uh, but just shy of that 2021. Anyway, yeah. with that... Here's a recap of what happens in this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ada continues from last week's episode and cleans herself off to get rid of her bloodied clothes, then has a villainous villainous monologue with Agent May. The S.H.I.E.L.D.ies plan to destroy the Darkhold and wipe Ada's memories of it. Fitz, Radcliffe, and some red shirts go to Radcliffe's house to wipe Ada's memory. They find out she already upgraded herself and she attacks them, then leaves. The team reconvenes at the playground and realize the thing Ada wants is to live. Ada gets into the playground and knocks out Coulson, then disables Robo-May, trapping the two in a room, then attacks the rest of the base and gets the Darkhold. Before leaving the playground, Mac chops off her head, it is then revealed that this was all a ruse created by Radcliffe to get the Darkhold for himself. No. On, a com- on a completely separate timeline of the episode, uh, VJ Nadir, Senator Nadir's brother, wakes up in the family mansion. Director Mace and Daisy Johnson chat uh, and decide to uh, talk about the aftermath from the previous episode, where they announce to the world that Daisy has been working undercover for S.H.I.E.L.D. that past few months. After some back and forth, Director Mace says they're going to rescue the Senator's brother. Simmons goes undercover to find where Senator Nadir and her brother are. Turns out that Senator Nadir worked with the Watchdogs to set a trap for VJ. VJ says he doesn't have any powers, and Senator Nadir lets him go. The Watchdogs are not happy about it, so they take an order from the Superior to kill VJ anyway, which is what makes his powers come out. Turns out he's a Jason Bourne. He disabled the watchdogs and makes the idiot decision to go with his sister instead of S.H.I.E.L.D. She shoots him on a helicopter and throws his body into a lake. When he lands at the bottom of the lake, he goes back into Terra Genesis. And I know this is a slight spoiler, but the spoiler was not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually going to ask that. So so you're, so you're that that is actually true? We never see him again? We never see him again. I oh, looked man. it up because uh, I was like, I don't remember him ever coming back. Okay, I I knew he was in it for a very short amount of time. I just assumed he dies in either this episode or the next episode. But wow, okay, <laughs> huh? Uh, that's the biggest like broken plot thread in um Shield. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It, I wonder. Well, now I'm curious if they ever like announced somewhere like what they had a plan for him was, and then it just never went anywhere. Cause yeah, that is a big letdown of a, of a storyline. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, damn. All right. <sighs> All right. Starting with our fast facts. Yeah. On your left. Uh-huh. On my left. Got it. Your work. It's too slow. 
I'm sorry we all don't have super speed. Oh, this isn't about super speed. This is about your turtle speed. You didn't see that coming? Um, For fast fact, Nadir never comes back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. So, yeah. yeah. Right. I already jumped into that. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, so, I actually have one. Um, okay. That might be on your notes, because this is right up your alley. But I never have any, so I'm going to say them anyway. Um, throughout this episode, Mac mentions some scary movies involving robot killers. And uh, two of those movies have ties to Stephen King. Um, so one of them, The Lawnmower Man, uh, was originally a screenplay that was written as a fully original movie. But the studio had the rights to The Lawnmower Man book by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So they decided to slap his name on there anyway. And he had to sue to get his name removed from it. And he won the lawsuit. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, the second one, um, I I ended up reading a lot more about this movie because the the Wikipedia entry was just insane. Um, <laughs> so so you know I'm going to be talking about Maximum Overdrive, Tony. <laughs> yes. I All right. Do, would Would you like to talk about it? No, Cause... go ahead. I want to oh. hear what you know about it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, all I have is what was on uh, Wikipedia. But, oh, God, just one paragraph alone had some crazy stuff. Okay, so written and directed by Stephen King, mm-hmm. based on one of his short stories, uh, Trucks. Um, so this movie uh, came out in 1987. And in that year, it was nominated for two Golden Raspberry Awards. Um, so one was Worst Director for Stephen King. And for worst actor, Emilio Estevez. And it lost both of those to a movie made by Prince under the Cherry Moon. Hmm. Yeah. Now, oh, the look following... at that movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like now I'm curious about seeing that one. All right. Um, so the following year, in 1988, it was then nominated for Best Film at the International Fantasy Film Awards. Uh, I did not I know, know this. If... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> crazy (laughs) Um, my head just popped up when you said that (laughs) yeah uh and then finally the last thing i have about this movie is that uh king later disavowed the film calling it quote a moron movie um he said that it was a uh, learning experience for him for directing and he Mm -hmm. decided to never direct again yes he was also if rumors be true on like mountains of cocaine at the time (laughs) okay um, a little Marvel connection to that movie. Uh, the main villain truck, because it's all about trucks coming to life and killing people. And okay. actually, in the story, they enslaved people. But um, the big main villain truck had the Green Goblin like face on the front of it, just because <laughs> Stephen King thought it looked cool. <laughs> also. Um, Lawnmower Man, going back to the movie you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the short story is about this guy who hires a, another guy to like to lo- mow his lawn. And he turns out to be Pan, like the Greek god of nature. Mm-hmm. And like he like eats a lawn and then he like traps the guy into like these sexual games and stuff like that. It was it's really weird. Lawnmower Man, the movie, is all about... I've never seen it, but it's all about, like, virtual reality and stuff. and has nothing to do with <laughs> anything in the story. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I also wrote down the other movies that Mac and um, Yo-Yo reference, which they reference A Short Circuit, Blade Runner, Weird Science, The Terminator franchise, Maximum... Oh, Maximum Overdrive, you said that. Mm-hmm. Chopping Mall, and Small Wonder. Which of all those, Small Wonder is the weirdest. <laughs> what what is Small Wonder about? I'm, I've never heard of that one. It's I mean, not I've never movie. heard of half of these, but it's a TV show from the '80s oh. about this guy who has a daughter, or I mean, she poses as a daughter, but she's actually a robot of a little girl. Oh, I watched this. <laughs> Did you? Yes, I watched it as a kid. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember. That's what it was called. Okay, and they had to like they had to hide the fact that she was an actual robot, and then mm-hmm. the neighbors would come over and they'd have dinner, and she would act weird. Yeah, okay. I only know about it from another show. I can't remember what show, but they did a parody of it. Then later, I found out it was a real show. <laughs> I've never seen it. Okay, yeah. Uh, th- this might have been a show that like. 
I saw on the days when I was homesick, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote sick, at, you know, as like a seven year old. <clears throat> and so it was on at like 11 a.m. So maybe, maybe it was like off the air for years at that point, probably. But yeah, yeah I think it was an easy show. OK, but I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and since we were talking about uh, Terminator, uh, the Terminator series, um, mm-hmm. Mac and Yo-Yo, I think they both agree that Terminator Genesis or sorry, Terminator Salvation is the worst of the Terminator films. And I agree with them. Do you? Yes, for a number of reasons. But I mean, we don't have to get into it unless you want to. I mean, we don't, we don't have to. I think Terminator 3 is the worst of them. Really? But, okay. Yeah. But to be fair, I have not revisited Terminator 3 or Salvation since I probably saw them in theaters. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Genesis, I surprisingly liked. And I loved um, Dark Fate. Whatever the last one. Fate? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dark Fate. Yep. Dark <laughs> Phoenix? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> Uh, I love that one too, and I will say one thing that that um, I guess annoys me is when a movie title has literally nothing to do with the the movie itself. Like, for example, um, in, in Star Wars: <laughs> The Force Awakens, um, we get like a one line saying "The I mean, Force Awakens." The Awakening, Al. Can't you feel it? <laughs> yeah, we get one line, and that's it. And then in the next movie, they actually explain some more stuff. Like, oh, that's cool. And then they don't build on that. But anyway, um, but I really liked Dark Fate because they like that was I love that the title was very directed to the the entire story. And and mm-hmm. that, that just like it's not a thing I see very often. I'm so happy for that. And I don't know why it's weird, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> um, the title of this episode, mm-hmm. Broken Promises. Because uh, it's about a bunch of broken promises. Um, they don't destroy the Darkhold like they promised in the beginning. Or bring, they actually, they said they were going to bring it to this other guy. But they don't do that. Um, a Radcliffe doesn't stop his robotics. Uh, Nadir breaks his promise to, breaks her promise to kill VJ and then breaks that promise by killing VJ. <laughs> and then Mace breaks his promise to keep everything under wraps about where Simmons is going and whatnot. <laughs> Man, I am so glad that the title for this episode really is directly related to the, the plot line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? It works out. <laughs> Unlike works out a lot of... Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it works out a lot on TV shows because, you know, they have so many. <laughs> but... yeah. Unless unless there is a YouTube miniseries. Called slingshot. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's not a hundred percent. And uh, my last Easter egg is the title cards are all robot-y now, and I liked it. Oh yeah, that's right. It's all the like gears and pistons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, 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 I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, moving on to our heroes. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you're a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for real superhero, which is, I'm not like a groupie stalker type. Who do we want to start with? Uh, Well, the first notes I have are for Mac, so... All right. Who is basically the hero of this episode, the heroist <laughs> of the heroes for one for decapitating Ada at the end, but also for just like knowing everything that's going to happen. Right. Like he, he knows the robots are going to rise up and kill the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some would say he's obsessed with that happening. Um, it it kind of feels, you know, those people that are like convinced the zombie apocalypse will happen. I think he's yeah. one of those people that's convinced the robot apocalypse will happen. I love that. This is something that carries forward with Mac till the end of the show. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> of all the character beats to like cling on to, Mac's fear of robots is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. 
Also, I appreciate that he has a special provision in his life insurance for death by robot, which, you know, potentially he may use. <laughs> that is true. Um, okay, so I, I I really want to talk about this. All right, so the first question, what was that conversation like? Did he just walk up and say, hey, uh, USAA, or whoever he's using for his, <laughs> his insurance company, um, I would like to add a special niche kind of clause in here if a robot becomes sentient and kills me now how much more a month would i have to pay for that (laughs) well you know that request might sound crazy but after age of ultron might not be that unusual so here's the next question (laughs) when did he add that to his insurance policy oh i mean probably like (laughs) years and then the insurance company was like, after all, um, Sokovia was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> We're undercharging him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you uh, lock that rate in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. And then actually a somewhat related question to this. Um, so because it's the MCU or, you know, this, the Earth and the MCU, um, mm-hmm. there are weird things that happen like this and they show up in the news. They're They're not exactly known, but they're or not exactly common knowledge, but but they show up, right? Things like this happen. So do people have weird requests like that in their insurance plan? Um, for example, Death by Alien, which could very much be believed after the Battle of New York. Yeah. Um, or do they not have something very specific to that and it's just like, yeah, something generic, right? Like like a war happens or something. Invasion. I would assume that there are special ones for each thing. Because that's how insurance companies work. Uh-huh. Um, also, it's probably more centered in the big cities like New York or L.A. Um, so when whatever they call the thing that grows in the middle of the United States in Guardians of the Galaxy, that Dairy Queen's probably not covered. Because they'd never think an alien would attack there. <laughs> That's that is true. Yeah, you're right. And those are all franchised. It's not like, you know, one giant corporation that like decided to insure all of theirs. No, mm-hmm. that's that's one family out of business. Ooh. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you got to think uh what stuff do they have on the books now? Because like right, when I say now, like up to date in the MCU, 2023 is where they they are. Um in the past a little over a decade, like aliens have invaded twice because people don't remember the dark elves. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They can show <laughs> yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's been a robot uprising. Mm-hmm. Giant blob thing that no one can explain because no one knows what ego is. <laughs> that's true. And ego is completely off world. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Then half of all life disappeared. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? Because now it's completely unpredictable. It's impossible to ensure anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe at that point, the insurance business just goes just out up. of business. Yeah. I mean. It's all stark insurance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically. So um, I do know that in the comics, they actually kind of have a... a an answer for it i don't think it's like fully fleshed out but it's it's basically like yeah governments just kind of chip in and deal with that and i i think stark had like a what was his his uh mom maria maria stark or no? yeah maria yeah so she's so they have like the the maria fund or foundation i forget what it's called but basically like you know whenever they need to you know help for stuff like that money comes out of that uh hmm yeah, maybe that exists now, especially after, you know, Thanos. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And then, you know, I don't even want to think about how much money insurance companies tried to get back when everyone came back. Oh, God, yeah, so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, everyone's just locked in lawsuits forever at that point. Yeah, uh, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when... Uh, the first Avengers came out and there was some article online. I forgot who, who it was that did it, but they, they said like, yeah, if this actually happened, we are estimating that the total 
amount of uh, money and damages was some billions of dollars, mm-hmm. like nine billion or something crazy. And basically, it would bankrupt the insurance companies who insured everyone. Like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because they don't plan for that kind of thing. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think of what happened to Metropolis and Man of Steel. Oh yeah, that was even it's just worse. gone. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really interesting given like we had a couple of years there where movies kept coming out and they're like, yeah, let's just destroy an entire city. Um, and then they, they kind of started one upping a little bit and then they've since gone down. Um, I think uh, Godzilla, King of All Monsters, uh, was uh, yeah. was probably the worst. Uh, Although I did really enjoy that movie. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. That was fun. But I mean, the worst as far as like just destroying stuff, everything, like cities and continents, basically. But yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Anyway, um, th- that I think that's all I had for Mac. I don't know if you have anything else. Nope, for him. That was that was it. <laughs> OK, cool. <laughs> Uh, where would you like to go next, Tony? I mean, I have like one or two notes for everybody. Okay. So. Uh, well, let's stick to the side of the storyline that's specifically with Ada, because I know those two characters, the two sides of the characters just kind of separate at one point. Um, so, Yo-Yo? All right. Um, again, we see why she's such a good match for him, because she believes in the robot rising as well. <laughs> that is true she's seen all these movies uh, at the end they're com- taking notes on on the movies yeah that's literally all i have other than oh, okay. the terminator salvation line but we already talked about that <laughs> all righty um then colson i have nothing for colson ah all right <laughs> i'm failing in notes today i'm taking up your position no, no, that's okay, because I didn't write down any notes. I'm just going through the characters uh, by memory, which is what happens most of the time, to be honest. I only write, like, half the characters down. Um, <laughs> um, are, are we... Okay, Robo May. Is, is she in villains or heroes? Because I put her in I villains. Alright. We can talk about her. In, I have her in villains. But she doesn't do anything villainous, because it's all unintentional. Alright, then let, let's... Let's talk about Robo May here, because right. yeah, she's a little bit associated with um, with Coulson in that sense. Yeah. Um, the, the only real note I actually had for her is there were times when she spoke that she seemed more emotional than I mm-hmm. would have expected Agent May to be, like real life May. Because um, like and, and I did not write down what she said, but it was it was something like the group was talking about uh, you know, Ada invading the the base the playground and mm-hmm. and i forget what it was but you know robo may said something and she kind of had you know more facial expressions um yeah but. i mean this is what i was talking about a couple weeks ago when they revealed robo may um that she is more emotional because that's what you expect a person to be like and that's how you know it's weird that the robotic version is actually more emotional than the real may <laughs> it is it is really weird <laughs> yeah uh. oh uh oh sorry no i i also uh like the ramifications the idea that she doesn't know she's a machine so like can you be evil like can you be on the bad guys team if you don't know you're on the bad guys team is she like programmed to do bad stuff or is it just she's surveillance Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, she she definitely is surveillance. Like that's what she's mm-hmm. used for. Um, they uh, they probably you know want to make sure that they they keep their cover their their plan alive as as long as possible. So they're only going to use her for what they absolutely need to, which is what happens exactly in this episode, right? Ada kind of cuts her um, so that the blood comes out, fake blood comes out, and then yeah. and they go there, yeah, into the into that room where they're locked away. So yeah, I. I mean, at, at a minimum, she's like a completely compromised agent. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually did ha- uh, have a note for Coulson um, that I forgot okay. about. So, okay, so slight spoiler if people have not seen either the rest of this season or fu- and or future seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but after seeing this episode, you're able to tell where this is going anyway. Um, so I I remember at one point, and I think... 
it was this very episode where as I was watching it, I was thinking, you know what? I'm really glad that a show like this is really smart and they're not throwing in uh, useless um, love stories with like two characters who have a lot of history. You're like, no, they're, they're coworkers. And then we see, oh, no, Coulson and, and May are, are flirting in, in the way that they do it. And then that leads to, you know, things with them in the future. Like, oh, all right. Oh, well. Yeah, except for... Okay, I'm... I'm not usually too much into romantic subplots. Um, mm-hmm. Like, especially in, like, action movies and stuff like that. Or superhero shows. But, S.H.I.E.L.D. does it way better than anyone else. Because I root for Mac and Yo-Yo. And I root for Fitzsimmons. And I strongly root against anyone Daisy's with. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm at least interested. <laughs> um, and okay. you know what? You kind of already spoiled it. Yeah, I I like uh, Phil and uh, May. I mean, and I like how they kind of seeded in because they're not like together right now. They're just like slowly seeding it in that their bond grows into something more romantic. Yeah, that, that's true. And I mean, especially the the work that they do, well, especially the past couple of years, right? Before that, their mm-hmm. work for S.H.I.E.L.D. was a lot more, uh, I guess, normal. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. normal stuff. S.H.I.E.L.D. ever gets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, kind of like normal, quote unquote, as like as other intelligence agencies, like they, they didn't used to do stuff with powered people very much or 084. Like e- even when they did 084 missions, it didn't like evolve into a subplot of someone trying to take over uh, the minds. And I'm trying to think of the entirety of season one um, with Garrett. Um, oh, you remember his name. We couldn't figure that out last week. Yeah, no, I couldn't. <laughs> um, with with Garrett, where he was like, you know, the, the hive stuff, they were taking over people's bodies and all that stuff, right? Like that was, that was a unique situation. Um, it is not usual. We, they're having a weird four-year run, granted. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Col- wh- what we know of Coulson before this, he... Obviously, there were 084s. He also um, ran into Skrulls. True, yeah. He also, from what we saw a few weeks ago, he knew Johnny Blaze. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird one. Okay, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, like, maybe he is not used to being this densely packed, this amount of weird stuff happening. But weird stuff happens. I mean, he dealt with Thor. He dealt with Iron Man. <laughs> weird stuff happens. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that's what I'm saying, right? It's not densely packed. Like, you, you, you worded yeah. it a lot better than I could. Um. Anyway, so, so the reason I'm saying that is, like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, someone that they worked with uh, very much and they they have these shared experiences and they also just don't go anywhere. Um, you know, as we saw when we were talking about the slingshot episode last week, um, it didn't even cross Fitzsimmons mind to live off base. And it's, <laughs> it's probably not crossing anyone else's mind. I assume too. <laughs> That's true. Well, hmm. anyway, that's all I have. I- Coulson, oh, that was Coulson. I was like, I'm trying to figure out whose note that was supposed to be for. <laughs> Sorry, Coulson yeah, Robo May. Mm-hmm, yeah. The only other person I have for this side of the storyline is Fitz. Yes. Yeah. He's. Yeah. I think he's the only other Shield agent that we see on this side. Yeah. So what do yeah. we got for him? Um, how he, how much empathy he starts feeling for Ada. Like he's always felt empathetic for Ada. But like when she quote unquote dies, and he's trying—I don't know if he's trying to repair her or what he's trying to do—but he keeps messing with her head. That was weird. Uh, okay. So, th- so I kind of like. I, I I guess I wrote this note down uh, under Mac, um, but it, it's uh, so. Mac was the one who had to remind Fitz and Radcliffe that Ada is a robot, right? She's not human. So she doesn't mm-hmm. forget. She doesn't die. It's 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 a it's a reset. Software like 
okay, wipe the memory, load from a backup, and mm-hmm. then she's good. Like it's not, it's it's not murder, right? In, in that sense, um, this and especially because Fitz has been helping working on Ada, like issues come up, they are probably have to you know load a backup of her every so often anyway like he's used to that like i just i had a problem with that because it, it felt weird coming from fitz i i could see radcliffe um being against it but fitz just seemed weird i, I mean i guess he has become attached to her and maybe recently she has been more human-like and so as a result yeah. it's it's messing with his head but yeah, and also yeah. Fitz is Fitz is a romantic, so like <laughs> he thinks that she's self aware, then even though it's not scientific to him, she has the equivalent of a soul. I mean mm-hmm. and erasing her think about uh when the doctor erased Donna's mind. That was more heartbreaking than if she would have died. Yeah, that's true. You're right. And now you're taking away this per- this being's sentience. So that's kind of murder. Yeah, that, that's true. But mm, I guess at the same time, are they sure it's sentience or or what? Because I mean, so Fitz seemed to be against this before. Mm-hmm. Like, like he he was against it from the beginning of the episode, right? Like even before they went to Radcliffe's house and they were going to try to. Uh, wipe her her memory like yeah yeah you're, you're right because they are undoing what the dark hole did yeah, yeah. and uh, even if they're not sure it's sentience it could be sentience so it's like either best case scenario you're erasing some work but worst case scenario you're killing somebody <laughs> yeah i guess that is true in, in that in yeah from that okay but at the same time, they already know they shouldn't trust anything that comes out of the dark hole. I mean, come on. Ugh, no, I mean, right. yes, that that is true. That's a hundred percent true. <sighs> yeah. All right. And then, but on the <laughs> other hand, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think they should have trusted anything that came from the Mind Stone. But Vision seemed to be okay. Well, yeah, but that's because Thor said it's all right. And Thor oh, had a whole right. vision about trusting him. Oh, plus he is the a hammer. God. Yeah, <laughs> the hammer. <laughs> oh my God, that's literally Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> it's literally the voices of God. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> that's the most literal version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm done with this half of the the shieldies for this half of the episode. Yeah. Uh, any anything else before we move on to the other half? Nope. Okay. Cool. Um. Actually, side note: since it's so evenly split, do we want to split up the villains too? Like, and and talk oh. about the villains for this half of it right now. <sighs> but where Al would I put my little um sound effects? <laughs> uh, just put it in twice. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Fine. Then in that case. We'll talk about the other heroes. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so Mace. Yeah, Mace okay, yeah. really. You know, he's part of this team now. He's trusting them. <laughs> yeah, he's going on missions with them, which is a little weird. Like, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I know Coulson did it a lot, but he also mm-hmm. liked doing that, going on missions. I'm I'm a little surprised that Mace is, is joining them on missions. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been inundated with Star Trek. I've actually been bringing it up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like the Kirk versus Picard, where like Kirk would go on missions and Picard would very, very rarely go on missions. And that's how Coulson and Mace used to be. And now they're just now we just have two Kirks. <laughs> yeah slowly evolving into that yep yeah which doesn't work <laughs> can't have <laughs> two of them because <laughs> what's the point of having a different show uh, yeah that's that's true yeah <laughs> um 
so one of the things that happens in this, so, you know, Mace says, hey, uh, Daisy, we're going to go free uh, Vichy, Senator Nadir's brother. Uh-huh. Let's grab Simmons. Why not? It'll be a, 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 a three of us. Woohoo. Um, so at one point, um, Daisy says to uh, says to Mace that, uh, si- yeah, Simmons has been kidnapped like three times since I've known her, <laughs> uh, but only twice on this planet. And first off, that's a weird flex that Daisy decided to throw out there. But also, <laughs> right. Mace just just had this weird look on his face, like, "Oh, there's there's a lot here. I I need to read up on on your histories, I guess." Um, yeah, I mean, I, you'd think he would have known that about Simmons, like he would read up on her stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like it's one of those things that's it's. Like surprising, like I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in his mind, he's like, "All right, this is just a weird team. I'll, 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 I'll figure things out." They, they just keep falling into to stuff. They have horrible luck, um, but good luck yeah. in the sense that they solve all their cases. I don't know, um, but yeah, I have this in the twelve percent with oh. that about Daisy mentioning the kidnapping. Also, I said that the show is becoming self-aware, much like Ada was. <laughs> because Coulson also mentions that they're hacked like at least once a year, which is true, <laughs> but now they're noticing it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like the standard thing that happens in in any TV show, right? Like, hey, here's a horrible thing that would happen. Well, it's going to happen at some point, and hey, it, it happened. On the bright side, they actually have a way around it now. <laughs> like, Fitz has built something in, so like, in addition to it being self-aware, they actually like, as far as people in the world, they know how to deal with it too. So yeah, that's good. It's not just oh, it happened again. Yay! Yeah, it's it's a very um Joss Whedon thing that they become aware of the tropes. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, this is run by Whedon's brother and his uh, sister-in-law, so mm-hmm. they probably know the same tricks. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And still, I mean executive produced or produced by Joss Whedon. I don't know how much of a hand he has in the show at all, or if it's just by name at that point. None. You get that, and you get a paycheck if you direct the premiere, which is what he did. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so he's, he's still getting paid. All right. Good yep. for him. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that, that's all I had for Mace. Just like him, him reaching a point where he he's realizing, like, there's more to this S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff than I'm realizing, maybe. Like that, that, that could be part of what's going on in his mind at that point. Yeah, and he's he's understanding how experienced they are because you know a team that trusts is a team that triumphs, and he's starting to trust them. That's true, yeah. and he's earning their trust by going on missions with them. So, or mm-hmm. actually, you know what? Maybe that's why he's going on missions with them. Like he finally figured out how to get them to trust him, versus everyone else. He's just like, "Hey, I'm the boss. You got to trust me." And they're like, "Okay, yeah." But it's like, yes, but they sit him down. But we're the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We get names. Are the shows about us? We need to trust you before you can... Or you need to trust us before we can trust you. <laughs> that's Yep, that's true. Yep, They are the main characters. He's the new one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else about Mace. I don't. Okay. Um well then how about uh Daisy? Um well she's actually trying to pull a yo-yo from uh slingshot where she's going in and like this is what I want to do this is how we got to do it. But then she doesn't care anymore <laughs> because there's another inhuman in trouble. That's all I have for her. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And and also Mace just kind of ignores the the rule that he told Yo-Yo back in the Slingshot episode, and he's like, yeah, okay, let's go get him. Because Mace trusts now. Like, uh, May trusted uh, Yo-Yo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright, there we go. That, that works. <clears throat> and so now, they're able to get around all of the bureaucracy that we were complaining about last week. Mm-hmm. And ignoring the Sokovia Accords. Yep. Alright. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, the last um, shield agent that I can think of is Simmons. Uh, I don't know if you have anything for her. Yeah, I have. I actually have more notes for Simmons than anyone else. I have oh. three. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, she takes the uh, blame like for not bringing 
Or she's blaming herself anyway for not bringing Ada to Mace's attention. Because if she trusted, then they would have triumphed. I'm going to use that phrase a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. We created a monster. Okay. Uh Yeah, you have. (laughs) Um, No, it's like, yes, she's right that she should have brought it to Mace's attention because he is the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. But also, I think L.A. would have been nuked if she did bring it to his attention earlier and they shut Ada down. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, that's an unfortunate um, thing that happens a lot of times, like one of those tropes that happens in a lot of nukes. shows, right? Like, uh, yeah, nukes. Uh, <laughs> no, like um, where like, hey, it's a good thing we didn't tell the leader about this horrible thing over here or this, you know, quote-unquote bad thing over here because now we can use that to do good. Uh, so that that happens a lot. Um, I mean, would they have been able to save L.A. without Ada's help? I mean, definitely Coulson fits uh, and Robbie would be gone. Well, maybe yeah. not Robbie. No, yeah, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe not Robbie. Probably could have gotten out without that portal. He could probably just figure out another portal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah but Fitz and Coulson would be gone. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the way events went, it they had to have a Coulson and Fitz and Ada there to to succeed in that last mission. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, problem with time travel. You can't see where all the threads intersect, so maybe they would have succeeded another way. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, maybe they would have just sent SWAT team after SWAT team after him and eventually shot him, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, that seems likely. (laughs) But they still didn't get, they wouldn't have been able to get rid of the nuke without Ada. Well, they just had to not touch it, right? Isn't that what they had to do? Just not break the I'm, thing? I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> okay. I, I I was under the impression that, like, because that's why they, they had to tell Robbie really quickly to not touch it, but he couldn't hear them. And um, he luckily... He tried to touch it. Huh? And then he went up and tried to touch it. Yeah, exactly. So luckily his, his uncle... Uh, impaled him, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's true. Lucky um, in one sense of the word. Okay. I want to see Robbie and Yo-Yo team up and just like everyone dies because they are too freaking impulsive. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they are very impulsive. I mean, them, Daisy, very impulsive. Um, yeah. yeah. Worst team ever. Yeah. Fits. It's almost like they're not a team. They're a time bomb. Yeah, almost. Uh, I guess Fitz is impulsive also, but not enough. Like he, Not enough to be included in that team. I no. Think. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right uh, anything else for any of the heroes? Um. Yeah, still with uh, Simmons. Uh, a few more oh, things. Yeah, is, right. Sorry. She goes undercover as the lobbyist. Because, yeah, she is the least publicized, but also she was face-to-face with the people who worked with Nadir. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering of the three people that went on that mission, she probably was the best one to go in. Yeah. I think they should have had someone else come with them on the mission, too. <laughs> that probably would have been good, yeah. Yeah. Um, But because of that, we get a fight scene with uh, Simmons versus Nadir's assistant. And we don't get a lot of Simmons fight scenes, but she really held her own in this. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, trained S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, able to go on on field missions, right? Mm -hmm. Versus... (laughs) Versus um, a senator's assistant. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, maybe he does have some sort of combat experience. I don't know. Maybe he was in the military. That's possible. Um, But... I don't know. She's in the field all the time, so yeah, we'll give it to her. Plus, you know, she had the cool gadget to knock him out, so she kind of had an edge there anyway. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Alright, that's all my notes for our heroes. 
<laughs> All right, cool. So, in that case, let's move on to uh, to the villains. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. Any time, boys. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! We have um, a surprising amount of villains now. Yeah, we do. Um, and I'm trying to remember what happens the rest of the season, because I know things also branch out a little. I, I I don't know at one point. I know at some point it kind of starts to converge. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. But I don't know if we'll get more and more, too. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway now I'm rambling. Let's talk about Ada. How's that sound? Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. How do you want to start? All right. Um, you know what? Actually, not Ada. Let's talk about Radcliffe. Um, I put him in the villain section because so, uh, this was his so. plan. All right, perfect. Because every note I have about Ada it, it is basically involving Radcliffe. So, um, so yeah. So, so Radcliffe says that he basically made this entire plan just to steal the Darkhold. He was very specific about it, mm-hmm. which means that Agent May was knocked out and taken after he learned about the Darkhold. So we get a little bit of that the timing. True response there yeah so so it's not when she went to him you know was that second episode of the season mm-hmm. so all right so so we get a little bit of of that still curious how he did that i mean probably sent ada in some sense or a does since we know he, he can build multiple yeah um, or two ada's and a may oh yeah that's right he could have sent may to fight May. okay yeah yeah um minus about ada were like counteracted by Radcliffe because uh-huh. um, I was like, oh, she, all, I was running down all her upgrades that she did to herself. <laughs> but now we know that Radcliffe probably did those upgrades to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I kept writing all these notes and it wasn't until the end that it was revealed. I'm like, oh, I completely forgot about this. Yeah. Well, now I kind of have to change the the way that I, I think about it, the rest of the episode, right? It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, are both Ada's self-aware? I don't think either of them are self-aware. Like, like I mean, I guess maybe that's the question. Is Ada self-aware, or was that a completely made-up story that Radcliffe gave? Because I was under the impression that he just made it up because he wanted to steal the Darkhold. But I'm thinking that because of things that come to light later in the season, uh-huh. that she is self-aware. At least one of her is. I (laughs) gotcha. I was more just waiting for uh, to see what happens with the rest of the season Mm -hmm. um, before making that call. Because, yeah, I, I, I know I remember where the season ends up going and it is possible. Yeah, that one that one of them is self-aware. But then again, maybe that comes about from something else. I don't remember at all. Yeah. I think one of the least surprising twists, but still somehow worked, that the mad scientist is actually a mad scientist, but we're still <laughs> surprised that he's evil. <laughs> it's a yeah, really good way. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it's completely in his character. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so here's a question. Uh-huh. Um, so the Shieldies all think that Ada turned evil because of the Darkhold. And now they've killed Ada, right? Yes. Now, before this, Radcliffe already had a deal with Mace to continue work on the LMB program with Ada stuff at S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you think that deal is still on the table? Oh, I'm I'm sure it is. Because as far as I know, it's not Radcliffe who did anything bad. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So as long as they don't give the robot magic... It seems to be like they're okay with this. Well, so far that has been how things work in the MCU, because both yeah. Ultron and Vision <laughs> became um, self-aware through the Mind Stone, which is essentially magic. Uh, yeah, that's true. Oh, God. All right, stop giving robots magic. That's the problem. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. All right, that's... Uh... <laughs> 
that's that's all that's all I've got really. Um, I don't I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's all I have else. for Radcliffe and Ada. Right. We switch to cool. our other half. Yeah, sounds good. So, uh, Senator Nadir and the Watchdogs. I really don't have too much. Um, she is stone cold. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. Um, has no problem killing her brother. Um. Yeah, I like we get into her motivation. Um, uh, her their mother was killed by the Chitari in the Chitari attack. Mm-hmm. And then she's just. I'd like to say she's misinformed, but being a politician looking for a scapegoat. She thinks that the Inhumans are a plague from the Jatari. I, I question that only because, like, she seemed to really love her brother. Yeah. Like, and so as a result, if she if she thought that the Inhumans were just a, a political scapegoat that she was using, then she would have just let him live. She wouldn't have shot him. That's that's what I'm thinking. So I, I think she genuinely believes that Inhumans are bad. I don't want to get too political, especially mm-hmm. since um, we're in a timeline <laughs> where we don't know what's going to happen because tomorrow's the election. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But so let's go back into history. Um, the Nazis, we're not going political, don't worry. The Nazis um, didn't like Jews because of a political scapegoat, mm-hmm. but it also fed into hatred of legitimate hatred of Jews. Yeah, it it grows from there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if she, I don't know, turned drank her own Kool Aid. She's starting to believe it, even if she didn't believe it originally. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. if that's what happened, I totally believe that. Yeah, like if this if uh, VJ turned out to be inhuman in 2013, she wouldn't have been that radicalized and still wouldn't have killed him. But now. Was this five years after the Chantari attack? She's mm-hmm. really double downing on that. Yeah, that's true. Plus, I mean, there there was the line where where they said that they made a, a promise to each other that they would kill the other one if they found out that they were if they became inhuman or, or something, right? So, yeah, that's the type of promise you make when you don't think you're an inhuman, and then you totally turn out <laughs> to be an inhuman. Yeah. Which is funny because that means she is also inhuman, or at least has the whatever yeah. genes to become one. Yeah, yeah, she's likely been inhuman. That's true. Um, yeah, that's all I have for her. And then the one note I have for the Watchdogs is we get a name drop of their new boss, the Superior. <sighs> I okay. wonder if he knew the clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually trying to. Th- I'm I'm thinking of the little bit that I remember about the superior that we get later in the season. Like, yeah, maybe it's it could happen. I've got something. When we meet the superior, I'm going to tell you something that makes a lot more sense. But we're not going to get there yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I don't have anything else for uh, villains or anything. How about you? Nope. I'm good. Okay. Cool. Let's take a quick break. Oh, looks like we're. Uh, uh, at a long episode here, so take a quick break, come back to it. Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so start graving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the Jerry. So, uh, Tony, like many people, I don't have a life insurance policy. Do you think I should get one? No. I disagree, but let's move on. Our sponsor this week, Life Gambles, is perfect for those times that you want to gamble with how you'll die. Life Gambles will insure you against just about anything. If you think you'll die from being hit by an asteroid, a zombie invasion, a snap of some kind, or the all-too-common killer robot, Life Gambles has your back. I use them to insure myself in case I'm killed by ravaging podcast fans. Use promo code MCU Rewind to get the to get two weird deaths on your policy for the price of one. Very nice, very nice. Um, I think you gambled poorly, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'll be dead. It's not like I gain any actual benefit out of this, it's other true. than the satisfaction of if it happens, I get to I get to think I'm right as I'm. Um, 
slowly, very painfully dying. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think being right is going to be what's on my mind at that time. Anyway, this got very uh, morbid very quickly. Um, yep. Guy in the chair. What have we got there? Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people with abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. I want to have VJ in here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he really is the only other side character. Everyone else is pretty main. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I like. I find it interesting that uh, his sister told him like to fight against it, and that I think that's what kept him in the cocoon for so long. That and makes it sense. Yeah. Wasn't until Simmons calmed him down and let him relax that he finally hatched out of it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. He also gets a super. Um. What do you call it? Uh, Jason Bourne. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he becomes <laughs> Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah, I wrote super reflexes, which you know isn't far off from May, who I think should be signed the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> I mean, there are some people who. I mean, according to the Sokovia Accords, probably have to, like all of the defenders um, in the Netflix show, um, especially Daredevil, maybe. I yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he's, people just think he's like May, but he doesn't work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, That's true. Yeah. A- anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks, like, because you already said at the beginning of the episode that BJ only shows up in this one episode. Um, and I mm-hmm. I was waiting for him to show up again. I, I, I was thinking, like, oh, cool, I guess he comes back in a few, and we'll see what happens there. But now I'm super disappointed in that. Yeah. The, they mentioned him a couple times, but they never, we never see him again. At least so far. That's if true. This is what they pull, if this is what they pull out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to bring into Disney... Or into the main MCU, I will be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, hey, we've only gotten one season of the Inhumans, and there's a lot of other Inhuman stuff happening on Earth outside of just what happens with them. So maybe we'll get some more Inhumans type of stuff soon, or you know, in the future, and he'll come back in that. Yeah, well, we know we will because uh, Miss Marvel's been cast. And she's an inhuman. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like we've mentioned, but we haven't actually mentioned it, they drop him into the ocean and he goes through a second teragenesis, this time forever. Yeah, I guess until he's fished out. Yeah. You think he was caught in the snap or if he was stuck there? I think his cocoon's still there, and then he got snapped and disappeared into um, the ash, and then reformed, and he's still in the cocoon five years later. Ah, oh, man, that sucks. That sucks <laughs> a lot for him. Yep. Oh. Alrighty. Uh, 12% of the plan, Tony? No, I, I don't have anything. We already talked about my one note in there. Perfect. Same here. Uh, right. In that case, I guess we'll rate the episode. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost her best defender. So we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, what? All right, Tony. Um, How many cool Jason Bourne um, dodges, bullet dodges, do you give this episode? Um, I give it three and a half. It wasn't anything extraordinary, but I do love uh, Mac and Yo-Yo's fear of robots. That fixed everything for me. <laughs> I, um, I, I pretty much had the same thought, except I'm going up to a four, just because Mac gets some of the best lines <laughs> in the entire series. <laughs> and and for that alone, just for what he gets in this episode, um, I, I, I just, I, I liked it even more. So that, that's yeah. it. I've always liked Mac, but since we've been doing the podcast with Mac in it, he's become my favorite character. He and Yo-Yo are my two favorite characters. 
Oh yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Like, I, I mean, yeah. you know, watching the entire series, like it's very easy, you know, uh, Coulson to be one of the, the top number ones. He's very up there, mm-hmm. right? The series is basically around him. Agent May, Daisy, pretty close seconds on that. Yeah. Um, Fits him. God, you know all all of the main characters. Have, it, it's rare. I love them all. To just, I love them yeah, all. It, it, <laughs> it's rare to love every character, every main character on on a show. Um, I mean, yeah. technically, Lincoln was a series regular for a season, and I really did not like him. But he only got the one season. Even Ward got more episodes than Lincoln. Yeah, it's true. And even him, I liked for a while. Yeah, and he was a good villain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Well, <sighs> Shield is a good show. I'm glad we're rewatching every episode <laughs> over the course of 93 years. All right, <laughs> join us next time when we cover Agents of Shield season four, episode ten, The Patriot. And again, remember to follow us on Twitter and give us that rating. As always, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agents of Shield season four, episode nine, Broken Promises. Signing off. Have a marvelous day. Broken